Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week, and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being, or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self-Care Club, wellness road tested. Nicole. Yes? Have you seen what Kim Kardashian's wearing on Instagram? I'm not sure about how I feel about it. I'm going to just WhatsApp you the picture now we've got to discuss. Lauren, aren't we supposed to be like encouraging women and being loving towards all women this week? Oh, yes. I forgot. It's sisterhood week. That is a shame because you really should see the (laughs) outfit. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon. And this is Self Care Club Wellness Road Tested. When Nicole and I discuss our personal self-care on the epilogue shows, one of us never fails to mention how walking or speaking with a girlfriend brings and has brought us so much nourishment, especially during this challenging year. Enjoying relationships with our girlfriends is one of the most joyful parts of being a woman, connecting to one another as only women can. We ran a recent survey asking you, our listeners, what your definition of sisterhood was. You said, sisterhood is supporting one another with complete acceptance, a place where you're able to be your authentic self without judgment and sharing your vulnerability in a safe community of women. Once these responses came in, we saw how the female bond plays a huge role in our self-care. With International Women's Day fast approaching on March the 8th, we took this as the perfect opportunity to dedicate a whole week to one of our most important practices to date, sisterhood. Sisterhood is a bond that connects women to each other and allows each woman in the sisterhood to thrive in ways she never could do on her own. A sisterhood is a social, ethical and emotional pact between women based on an understanding that we are stronger together than we are as individuals. Sisterhood provides a safe space for your truest self to emerge and a place to show up where you are held and nurtured and where you get to do the same for another woman. We all crave connection, not surface level connection, but deep heart and soul centered connection, if for no other reason but to know we are not alone. That connection allows us to belong, something every single human being wants. Sisterhood allows us to see the best of who we are in the eyes of another woman. The validation and affirmation that comes from being truly seen by another person is what makes sisterhood so powerful and meaningful. Across species and throughout human culture, females have banded together for protection and mutual support. They have groomed each other, tended each other's young, nursed each other through illness and engaged in sociability. 
Female bonding helps us to manage stress. When women are stressed, we tend to respond by reaching out to another woman for support. In doing so, our brains actually release the feel-good chemical oxytocin. This love hormone instantly reduces anxiety, improves focus and concentration, and encourages us to bond. A sisterhood helps us to live better. A sisterhood cures loneliness. Loneliness can increase blood pressure, stress, depression, and anxiety. It's also been connected with a decrease in exercise and an increase in calorific consumption. When we feel connected to other people, we're buffering ourselves against the detrimental effects of loneliness. Women are hardwired to crave close friendships. Close girlfriends provide us with a social family and they help us to feel safe, loved, and accepted for who we are. A sisterhood can make us unstoppable. When women work together, we succeed together. Head of psychiatry at Stanford University, David Spiegel, says one of the best things a woman can do for her health is to prioritize relationships with female friends. Spiegel makes an excellent point that while we view exercise as important and productive, we frequently diminish hanging out with our friends as recreational. A recent Harvard study revealed that women with strong female friendships were significantly happier and healthier than those without. A cancer study in 2012 revealed that women with breast cancer that had a strong supportive circle of friends were four times more likely to make a full recovery than those who didn't. Isn't that incredible, Lauren? Incredible. Yeah. And study after study has found that strong and nourishing friendships reduce our risk of disease by lowering blood pressure, heart rate and cholesterol and boosting our immunity. It might help to explain why women on average have lower rates of heart disease and a longer life expectancy than men. Studies have found that as women age, we are less likely to develop physical impairments and more likely to lead a joyful life when we have a few close friends. Our female friendships literally have the power to help us heal. A landmark UCLA study suggests women are biologically programmed to cultivate female friendships in times of stress. According to these authors, studies on stress were historically done on men, concluding that the biological response to stress are fight and flight. But these researchers argue that women have a broad a repertoire of stress responses. It seems that when the hormone oxytocin is released as part of the stress response in women, it buffers the fight or flight response and it primes us to tend to children and socialize with other women instead. They call this tend and befriend. When we tend and befriend, more oxytocin is released, which further counters the stress and produces a calming effect. According to one of the researchers, Dr. Klein, this calming response doesn't occur in men because testosterone, which ramps up in men under stress, reduces the effects of oxytocin. But sisterhood isn't always nurturing. It in fact, at times it can be very difficult to navigate your way through and how many of us can recall a time where we felt left out from a group of girls or heard someone or many people saying unkind things about us. The impact of that can be devastating, whether you're five years old, 15 or 50. Female relationships can be intense, volatile, emotional, demanding, and sometimes even heartbreaking. Some friendships breaking up can be as hurtful as the end of a romantic relationship. Women are not always kind and understanding to one another. Most of us have been privy to that, and it's really the worst feeling in the world. But the truth is, despite all the heartaches, female friendships can also be some of the best, most precious, special experiences, and they are certainly worth it. We just have to kiss a few frogs to get our princes. Friends may pass in and out of your life until we find the ones that will stay forever, and those friendships really are irreplaceable. So... Tell me how we are going to go about honouring sisterhood for our week's practice. 
Well, there's obviously many ways to to show sisterhood and to be in sisterhood and to support women and your girlfriends. Um, so should we just go through the list of what we did? Mm. The first one was, this was your idea and I loved it. It was to write to a woman who you admire or who has inspired you in your life and then write to another woman mm-hmm. who you aspire to be like. Mm. So it was to write down the reasons why they inspire you so much. What is it about them? What are the qualities that they possess that you most admire? Is it courage, empathy, love, passion, strength, resilience, wholeheartedness, their boldness, their self-expression, all of those things. And when you write the letters, just take some time to think about what it is about them and the way that they are in the world that most inspires you about them. And then Nicole, you wrote some lovely things to think about, including in the letters, which was uh, thank them for the ways they inspire you. Thank them for having the courage to be who they are. Thank them for all they've done to get to where they are today and thank them for the way they contribute to the world. And we also want to say that we would like to invite you, our listeners, to do the same. Pick a person or perhaps two in your life who you would like to acknowledge and thank them for how they have perhaps supported you and inspired you. And, you know, feel free to post a picture of a woman you admire on International Women's Day or just throughout the week. It doesn't have to be someone you know, but just write in a post why they inspire you and how they have played a great role in your life. And please tag us so that we can see you doing that and then we can share the love as well. We'd really love you to get involved in this. Yeah. We did a few other things as well this week. We did shout outs to small businesses run by women. Uh, We did this via Instagram and by Facebook and also just to celebrate women's achievements. And we also held a sister circle, which Lauren was very excited Mm. about. Weren't you, Lauren? You loved the idea of a sister circle. (laughs) So I I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love the idea of the sister circle. <laughs> you can imagine mm. how that went down. But to help <laughs> us along with the sister circle, we found actually found this idea when I was doing a bit of research for the show. We came across a website called Project Love, and Selena Barker, who is one half of the partnership at Project Love, she has come on the show to guide us into what a sister circle looks like, and this is what she had to say. We are delighted to welcome the Project Love ladies to the show. It's just Selena with us today. Welcome, Selena. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So Project Love began as two friends helping one another to bring out change in one another's lives. Vicky helped Selena sort out her messy love life and find true love with another. And Selena helped Vicky to figure out what she really wanted to do with her life and create a career and life that she loved. They realized how powerful love can be when you commit to filling your life with it. And so they decided to make love our business, bringing together their skills and experience as a love coach and life coach. That spirit of sisterhood and helping one another make positive changes in our lives, the big and the small, is at the very heart of Project Love. Community and sisterhood is everything to them. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. It's absolutely what we're all about. What are the benefits to you, Selena, of doing a sisterhood circle? Oh, do you know what? It's so funny. Every time we do it, you know, it's like, oh, right, yeah, okay, let's 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 organise one. And then afterwards, everyone always says, oh, I didn't realise how much I needed that. And mm. I think that is what's so powerful about sisterhood circles. And the women that I do it with aren't necessarily the kind of women that would 
naturally choose to do a sisterhood circle oh, over the yes. years. Over the years, we've invited them in. Come on, come on. And they, you see on their face, they're like, mm. uh, oh, what? It's like, look, I know it sounds cheesy. I know it yes. sounds like the kind of thing you'd run a mile from, <laughs> but just give it a go. And at the end of it, everyone always says, wow, I'm surprised at myself. But I really, I, not only did I enjoy it, I really needed it. Mm. And I think it's such a natural um, source of power and strength and love and connection that is it's just so natural I think particularly to women that when we finally do it it's like oh it it just it just feels right they've really strengthened and added new depth to to already existing friendships actually my girlfriends have played an absolute intrinsic part in getting me through lockdown and us getting all of each other through it. I wouldn't have been able to do mm. it without having that companionship. Mm. Do you think it do you think it matters or doesn't matter or is beneficial or not beneficial to have these women, women who know each other, or in some ways is it more powerful when they're strangers? Oh, I you know, I think there's benefits to I think there's benefits to both. I think mm. sometimes it's really wonderful to be in a group of people that you don't know at all and to be sharing you know, who you are in that moment, because they don't have any, they've got no previous idea of who you are. So you can turn up exactly as you are in that moment. Um, But at the same time, I think it's really beautiful to do it with friends who you've known for years, and you've never done this kind of thing before. And you do it and you discover that, you know, you get a connection with them in a way you never have done before. And that's mm. really beautiful. So I, it can deepen and strengthen friendships that already exist. But yeah, there's also, there is something very powerful about mm. sharing with a group of people you've never met before. And also because mm. also then you discover the depth of connection you ha- can have with a total stranger. And then you realize, yes. wow, this is what is actually available to all of us. Yes, yes. If we were to create these safe spaces for deeper connection and Beautiful. to share and to be vulnerable. So I think in both ways, you get such a, a sort of learning and growth experience from it that I, I recommend both. <laughs> so as we head into our first sisterhood circle, and I, I think I represent all of those, uh, it sounds cheesy, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I feel resentful and worried about talking about feelings um any well, tips? Te- why don't you tell selena before you ask the question lauren why don't you yeah. tell selena your reaction when i texted to you i think we should do a sister circle oh i just sent her um a vomit emoji <laughs> <laughs> i would say that's quite common <laughs> So that that's my general feeling heading into this. So as someone who is, you know, well versed, what would be your your top tips for me and for anyone thinking about entering a sisterhood circle or hosting one or being in one? I totally get it. I completely get why you would feel like that. And but I you've got to remember that no one's forcing any words out of your mouth. And actually, I think go in there with all the nerves and the resentment and all of it, all the way that you're all the ways that you're feeling. I'd rather she and, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, but you can turn up like that and be that would be being honest, you know, turn up and say, Oh God, I've got to be honest, I'm so nervous about this and I'm feeling pretty resentful I'm having to do it at all. But actually, you know what, listening to you guys, because by the time it's your turn no one's going to throw it be like well you start you're the first one to go by the time it's your turn to share you will have been so moved probably by the other people sharing that actually 
it will it will already be feeling different to you what mm. what is what what do you think makes you feel ugh, vomity about it oh everything selena <laughs> <laughs> What do you think you're going to have to say that's going to feel so awful? Oh, it's not even just the saying. It's the it's the whole experience of having to uh, talk about and listen to other people's feelings. You know, I'm really... You'd make a I'm, great coach, Lauren, I have to tell and you. A re- and also, I'd make a really good therapist, don't you think? <laughs> um, just, just, you know, I'd be like, literally like, oh, just truck on. That's, that's basically my response to most things. Um, and she's so not like that as a friend. If I bring something to you where I'm upset or I'm confused, you don't just sit there and go, oh, just truck on. You're very compassionate and you're I very could, good yeah, to talk exactly. to. Well, thanks. So, Selena, we, we have to ask you, seeing as International Women's Day is coming up, who is a woman that you really admire and perhaps would like to give a shout out to? Oh, the immediate person I think of is a woman called Donna Lancaster. I don't know. Have you heard of Donna Lancaster and the Bridge Retreat? No, no please tell us about oh, her. She, I mean, she is the queen of healing and community. You want to try a sister circle or a person circle, actually, because it involves everyone. But she runs these bridge retreats, which are the most extraordinary deep healing experiences and they're for anyone and again it's one of those things where you think oh god is it the cheesy people that like cheesy stuff and actually it's just it's got all sorts of people in there and she is just the the wisest most grounded Mm. loving humble person and such an extraordinary healer and Mm. yeah she's amazing and she she really helps people get through she loves grief (laughs) She loves grief. And, she, and believes she sounds and, really fun. <laughs> she has, but because she she says grief and joy are two sides, like go hand in hand. And so that when we learn how to really process grief and grief of anything, any loss in life, not just losing a person that you love, but also that when mm. you learn to process grief on the other side is the gifts of joy and peace. And she's just amazing. I could go on about her forever. So yeah, Donna Ooh, Lancaster. Thank you. Looking that. her up after this. Thank you so much for that. And a final question that we ask all our guests, what do you do for your own self-care, Selena? Oh, do you know what? I'm so good at self-care these Yay. days. And I used we to love be oh, good. so rubbish at it. So I suppose at the moment... Um, at the time of recording, it's, can I say that at the time of recording, it's we're still got children at home, we're still homeschooling. So self care has been like, I have had to up my self care to just get me through it. At the moment, mm. it probably has got to be exercise. And yep. I used to hate I used to think exercise was um, like a hobby you know, like, I don't know, basket weaving or exercise. It's just something that some people are into. And I've now discovered since writing my book, Burnt Out, which is out very soon, that exercise is just the key to just self-care, energy, (laughs) happiness, well-being, the whole flipping lot. Selena, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for bringing your wisdom. Um, Tell people listening how they can reach you. Tell them about your new book coming out and how they can find you. Yes. So you can head on over to Project Love, which is loveprojectlove.com and find out all about us over there. We've got a podcast, the Project Love podcast, which we've been doing for six years now. And actually, we have laughs like you guys do. It was wonderful 
meeting you guys and being like, oh, yes, I love this. This is sisterhood. This right here is sisterhood. This is it. it is. What you guys it do is. is sisterhood. Um, and yes, yeah, so I've just written a book called Burnt Out, The Exhausted Person's Six-Step Guide to Thriving in a Fast-Paced World. And there's a really funny chapter in it about exercise where I say, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but... <laughs> <laughs> exercise is key um so that's coming out on the 15th of congratulations April. thank you so that's really exciting and you can go to selenabarker.com to find out more about what i do and my coaching i do career and life design coaching thank you for being here i have a very strong feeling that you will definitely be back on the show i definitely I would love to you, and you will be so thank you so much again and have a great day thank you and we'll be back after this short break this episode is sponsored by horizon studios if you're traveling this year and looking for high quality sustainable and beautifully designed luggage then look no further than horizon studios who've launched two new ranges the re series the world's most sustainable 97 percent recycled luggage and now the revolutionary air series the world's lightest high-end suitcase if you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases. Thank goodness, Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week at Sukarnov. On Clash of the Titles, things got a little awkward when Alex, Vicky and Chris discussed the Incredible Hulk going to the hairdressers. Have you never had a haircut? Hang on, that is not what I asked for. I can't remember what it's like to go to the hairdressers. <laughs> oh, God, sorry, sorry. That's triggering, sorry. That's on me. Bad move, yeah, bad bit, yeah, that is on you. Yeah. Absolutely, I didn't, I forgot... I forgot. Because we haven't seen you for such a yeah. long time. We forgot you've got no <laughs> I'm hair. I'm still poor. So. Yeah, it hasn't grown back <laughs> magically since okay. we last spoke. <laughs> and over on Football Ramble Presents, the On the Continent team have been keeping you across all the European knockouts, as well as a possible title race in League Earn as well. Icardi can be so frustrating because he can be just one of the most impressive finishers. But you know, when he's not quite on it, he's kind of like the David Blaine in football. Like he spends a lot of time in a box not doing anything. <laughs> 
Online Clash of the Titles and Football Ramble presents on your favourite podcast player. And listen now. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. So I am so wanting to know how you got on with this. We have not mentioned a word to each other at all, have we? Not not a word. No, not one word. Not one word. No. Um, how did you feel going into this week? Really positive, really sort of inspired, um, excited. I thought it was something a bit different for us to do. Um, and that was, yeah, that was not, it was a, it was a good challenge I felt and, yeah, you know, supporting women, that's what both of us do for a living in our real lives when we're not podcasting so it was sort of a natural a natural extension <laughs> of that yeah how are you feeling same I mean exactly the same I love supporting women it's actually when I feel my most aligned um, and my most peaceful and my most enlightened and I just love that we have put the umbrella of self-care over it because it really is part of our self-care and I think we don't look at that enough as an essential part of our mm. well-being so I think it's, be- it's a beautiful reframe mm. of sisterhood. Mm. Any preconceptions going into this? Just that I was excited and that I thought it was going to be great and I just wanted to get stuck in. What about you? What, your, what were your preconceptions mm. around the sister circle? Oh, well, you suggested the sister circle. Hey, Lauren, you texted. Let's, what do you, let's do a sisterhood circle. And... Um, yeah, as as I said to Selena, I just replied with the vomiting emoji. <laughs> it certainly wasn't something that I felt um, inclined to do, would ever do, was comfortable doing the whole thought of it. Just uh. can, can I ask a question? Yeah. And I wonder if you get this too. When you are really resistant to one of my practices, it almost mm. makes me want to like rub my hands together in glee and go, right, I we're know. doing this. It yes. really puts fire yes. up my bum. Do you feel the same when yes. I do that? <laughs> no, because I, I, I think... <laughs> I think that my resistance to your practices runs on a deeper level than your resistance to mine, as in mine are normally <laughs> sort of practical vagina based things. And you're like, no, fuck off. Don't want to do it. And then you'll just do it, which is kind of just gung ho and brave. And, you know, you just, you just kind of get over yourself and get on with it. I, I, what I'm saying is I think in real terms, I get, I gain more from your mental practices than you gain in your general well-being with mine. Does that make right. sense? Well, they're just they're so yes, it does because they're so they're so different that you can't even you can't really compare the two anyway. Yeah. They're vitally different. I mean, it's yeah. look, there there's irony to be had here because you know, this this is my life's work is supporting other women through the biggest transformative most important journey of their lives through pregnancy and childbirth. So I'm with women, holding women physically, emotionally, at their most raw, at their most yes. vulnerable. And they trust me to be in that space with them. And doulas as a whole are a sisterhood. You know, we have a very unique job. We're not midwives, we're not medics, we're lay people, but we have a lot of knowledge. So I'm in that yet. 
I still balked at the whole concept of it. But what, make, but what makes you balk, right? Because what, what's just come up for me, for example, is, you know, I was a hairdresser, still a hairdresser, have been for 26 years. And whenever I used to go to like a hairdressing exhibition and I used to see hairdressing en masse and I used to see all the weird haircuts and all like the asymmetrical, like just yeah. all, all the like really yeah. so typical hairdresser styles, it used to make me cringe. And so I kind of just didn't want to associate myself with it because I just found it so cringy is it that kind of thing no it was just more about sitting in an open space having to talk about feelings that was it really right it felt like sort of enforced therapy and it's interesting because and I was worried about that okay but you do but you do do it I mean yes but remember that but but that's their stuff when when I'm at work all the stuff all the emotion all the feelings all the vulnerability all the fears that's coming from them towards me I don't bring anything of mine to the space I come in completely neutral settled silent they bring everything and I absorb it so that's fine with me I'm very happy to do that but I don't really want the roles reversed you you do find vulnerability quite an edge don't you it's it's quite a difficult place for you to step into yeah yeah it is yeah because I've spent 43 years being very resilient so you know vulnerability and resilience to me sit at two ends of a spectrum so I find I do I do yeah it's as you say an edge it's my favorite coaching term of yours (laughs) now I understand (laughs) what it means because you've said it to me a few (laughs) times so I like I get it yeah it's an it's an edge so should we should we talk about what should we talk about first our letters and then do the sisterhood circle together because we did do it together Yes. Okay. So come on. I'm desperate to know who you wrote your letters to. I really sat and thought long and hard about who to write to. In the end, you'll see, I kind of went for women on both ends of the life spectrum. And partly that was subconscious and partly that was conscious. Um, There was one woman who I didn't write to, but I absolutely have to mention here. um, And that is Rachel Clark. She is a doctor who specializes in palliative care. And she's now a doctor on the COVID front line. And she's also a mum of two young children and uh, the author of three books, um to me her best book her best work is one called dear life which she actually read herself on radio four um and after i listened to that i had to pull the car over because i was crying too much to be able to drive safely Mm. and when i got home i actually wrote to her this was a while ago um and i wrote to her the same day to just tell her what uh, a beautiful exceptional gifted writer she was um and how much she moved me and how much i admired her so if you can't cope with what she writes about because it's heavy shit um but you do want a little slice of her then she does appear on a podcast called um private passions which is about classical music and she features on an episode which is a lovely listen so i didn't write to her because I have already written to her historically, but I didn't want to leave her out because to me, she's very inspirational. So um, I wrote to two women. I don't know if you're going to find this really surprising or not surprising. (laughs) Um, The first woman I wrote to (laughs) is is a really young midwife um, called Laura who was the midwife at a birth that I attended in November. And obviously I can't go into any details about any of that because everything I do with 
my birth clients is confidential. But I wanted to tell her how exceptional she was because I know firsthand what a hard job it is being a midwife um, and how draining it is and how difficult and how many of them leave. And I feel like sometimes everyone deserves credit where credit's due. So um, I, I'll read you a, a snippet of my letter because I've taken out any of the details. So it's it's okay to read. I know that you deliver many babies every day and you will have delivered many more since that morning. It wasn't a particularly memorable birth in the sense that it was straightforward and undramatic in nature. But I can tell you that having you there was a blessing to the mother and to me. And I'll always remember it. I know I made sure to tell you before I left that day, but you are a very special midwife. You have a beautiful energy Mm. about you and a clear passion for supporting women. I'm extremely aware of the struggles of being a midwife in the NHS today. It's so refreshing to work alongside someone who's not ground down, but so enthusiastic and positive. You have a lovely bedside manner. You're kind, you're dynamic. And I know that you make a real difference to the experiences of the women you support. I've worked with many midwives at all of the London hospitals, and you are only the second one I have ever written to as you stood out so much to me. Some women are called to do this work, and I believe you're one of them. I hope you go from strength to strength Mm, in your career. very special thank you for your hard work and your compassion and your care that morning it was noticed and appreciated so I had to send it to the trust because obviously you can't send it directly to to a midwife Um, and I did get a reply immediately from the trust to say thank you oh such a beautiful email and I'll make sure that she gets it so I hope I hope that she does but I can't tell you if she has yet um, so that was that. Beautiful. My other letter was to a lady called Lily Ebert, who is 97 years young. Aww. It's a bit, it's, it's, it's a story which will probably make me cry because whenever I talk about her, I cry. So when Lily was a very young girl of about four or five, her mother gave her a very small gold pendant. And it wasn't particularly expensive or unique, but she was very happy with it. And she had a very happy childhood growing up with her sisters and her brothers in Hungary. And she lived a very good, happy life with a very loving family. And when she was 14, the Nazis arrived in Hungary and her life changed. So one day the Jews were all ordered to hand in their gold and their jewelry. And Lily's brother knew how important this little pendant was. So he hid it in the heel of his mother's shoe. In July 1944, when Lily was 14, the Nazis deported her from her town with her mother, her brother and her three sisters. I'm just going to cry my way through the whole thing. Hang on. I knew I shouldn't have done this because I knew but I wouldn't why? be able to read the whole thing. It's lovely that you're through. crying. Because it's so, because it's, because, you know, it has to be read properly. No, it doesn't have to be read properly. You know, you're allowed to show emotion, by the way. I know, but I also have to read at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible story, but it's a lovely story. Go on. They were taken by a train and taken to Auschwitz. Oh, God. The small pendant went with them and it was still safe inside the heel of her mother's shoe. Before they arrived at the camp, her mother asked Lily to swap shoes with her. The man who greeted them on arrival with a stick in his hand was Dr. Mengele, the Nazi doctor who became known as the Angel of Death. 
Yeah. So they got off the train and Dr. Mengele sent people right or left to life or death. Lily, her two sisters, Renee and Piri went right. Her mother, Nina, her brother, Bella and her sister, Berta, went left. and She never saw mm. them again. Mm. Lily and her sisters went to have a sh- were told to have a shower. Their hair was cut. When they came out of the shower, all their belongings were stolen. All they were left with was their shoes. And in the heel of Lily's shoe, the tiny pendant was hidden. And this was Lily's last link with her mother. After four months in Auschwitz, the sisters were transferred to an ammunition factory to work as slaves for the Nazi regime and the pendant went with them. The Allied forces liberated the factory in 1945. Lily was 21 by now Um, and she sought refuge in Switzerland. She wore the pendant every day in memory of her murdered family. She married, she had children, and in 1953, she reunited with one of her brothers who had been in the camp, who she hadn't seen for many years. And in 1967, she came to London with her husband and her three children. 70 years have passed now since then, and she is a great grandmother. She still wears the pendant, and she believes that her pendant is unique. It's the only gold that she's aware of that entered and left the camp with its rightful owner. And like her, it survived. So Lily promised herself that if by any chance she was going to survive in the camp, she would tell the world what happened. She kept that promise. She spent a lifetime sharing her testimony and working with various Holocaust education trusts. She's traveled across the UK to speak to and educate children about the importance of tolerance and acceptance. And this year, age 97, she has caught and recovered from COVID. She has signed a book deal. She has trended on Twitter. She has appeared on Good Morning Britain, where she made Piers Morgan cry. She's appeared on ITV, BBC, Sky News, and she's had her portrait commissioned by Prince Charles. Basically, she just makes me feel like a complete slacker. (laughs) This woman. <laughs> so, how could I not write to her? You know, I did. Yeah. Dear Lily, March the 8th is International Women's Day, and in celebration, I've been given the opportunity to write to a woman who I admire and find inspiring, and I have chosen to write to you. I cannot profess to even begin to comprehend the horror and loss that you experienced during the war. You are a woman who has experienced the very worst of humankind and yet found a resilience and strength in a way that nobody of any generation after you will ever understand. I wanted to write to you to tell you how much I respect your courage, your strength and your passion. You do such immensely important work, putting so much energy, effort and time into sharing your testimony and using your voice and your experience to educate others and preach tolerance. I admire you so much for the courageous way you use your platform for the good of others and for the messages you are teaching. You are creating a legacy. At a time of life when most people would be slowing down, you seem to be doing more now than most 20-year-olds could manage. Your energy and stamina are astounding and put me to shame. Thank you for inspiring me to always look for the light. Thank you for reminding me about what true courage and resilience really means. Thank you for all the work you've done and thank you for the way you contribute in such a positive and important way in the world. You are an incredible woman. So that was what I wrote to her. And then even though she's 97, she is more technically able than me. She sent me a video message in reply. <laughs> Hello, Lauren. 
I really thank you very much for this beautiful email. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks. How cute is that? <sighs> I'm a bit speechless. So it was a bit of a struggle. It was a bit of a struggle to get through that. But, you know, to me, if you want to talk about inspirational women on Women's Day, someone who has been through things we can't even we can't even contemplate and has used it for good spent a lifetime using it for yes. good and is yes. still going and is still it's... doing it it's still doing yeah. it because she's still got work to do it's incredible it yeah. reminds me of the book yeah. i read the choice have you read the choice by edith no. edgar and it's about her time at auschwitz and how she left auschwitz and became a psychotherapist and she said the one thing that always pulled her through was that they can take everything from me they can take the hair off my head the clothes off my back but the one thing that will always be mine are the thoughts in my head you can't even begin to imagine what these these women go through and how they pull themselves out to be gracious and kind and compassionate and is that's 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 the inspirational part isn't it that they they as you said they see the worst of life has to offer the very worst and they come out kinder people it's incredible yeah it it's it's astounding and you know she she says herself i'm not you know i'm not under any illusions i'm not going to be here forever but she strongly feels she still has work to do and there aren't many of people from that generation left and i think she's sort of you know doing everything that she can whilst she's she's still fit and what a beautiful thing for you to do to acknowledge her in that way lovely Right, now I finished crying, so you can make me cry again now with your letters. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'll give it a go. Okay, I chose, the two women that I chose to write to were my daughters. Oh. (laughs) And I just, you know, I really sat down and thought about what sisterhood means to me. And I also feel quite emotional now. And... How could I not acknowledge the two young women in my life that I'm bringing into the world and all the things that I want for them and all the things that I hope for them um, without telling them how wonderful they are and how they inspire me every day to be a better woman. It's because of them. So that's why I wrote to them. So I'll read my one to Daisy. Okay. So it says, Dear Daisy, Part of my practice this week was to write to a woman who inspires me and this, my beautiful daughter, would be you. Let me start by thanking you. Thank you firstly for making me a mother, a role I consider my most important in life. From the moment you were conceived, you taught me how discomfort often leads to one of the greatest miracles and that miracle was you. Daisy, you are my greatest teacher in life. You teach me every day how to be kinder, calmer, more patient, more loving, understanding and compassionate. I am privileged and humbled to have a front row seat to your life. I get to watch you evolve into the woman you are becoming and I want to tell you how proud I am. In you, I see a kind soul, a soul who understands people instantly, who can forgive, show compassion and express herself so eloquently. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things for people to step into, but for you, Daisy Goodman, you somehow understand that forgiveness and compassion are the two of the greatest gifts in life that you have to offer, not just to the other person, but for yourself. You inspire me every day to see the good in people. I know you have had your ups and downs, but I see so clearly this has taught you resilience, courage, and knowing when to trust and when to walk away. In you, I see wonder. I see the potential to be the kindest human being on this earth. I wish I had your sense and wisdom at 12. Just think how wise a soul you will be at 30. 
Here are a few things I have learned in life that I always want you to remember. Always listen to your intuition. It's your superpower. You always know what is energetically in the room, in any room. Always trust it, even when you don't like what it has to say. It will never lie to you. People do that. Use it for good and know when to keep it to yourself. Not everyone will understand or appreciate it, but it's yours to keep. Find your tribe. Your tribe are the people who love and understand and accept you. Focus on those people and don't worry about the rest. Choose forgiveness and compassion. This is one of your greatest gifts. Remember to show that to yourself first and foremost. Always see the best in people and also know when it is time to walk away from people that make you feel bad about yourself. Not everyone is for you and you are not for everyone and that's okay. Be real, be yourself and be fiercely proud of this. Nothing good comes from trying to be anything other than who you are. Being yourself will take resilience and courage, but the alternative is to waste energy in being something you are not. Your truth lives in your heart. This is your absolute place of faith. Trust it with every fiber of your being. Your worth is not measured by what you weigh or how you look. In fact, it is the least interesting thing about you and about all women. You are about what lives in your heart and the impact you create in the world. Your internal beauty is what will draw people to you. Ask for what you want. I learned this from your dad. The worst anyone can say is no. Be kind. If you are unsure about anything, choose kindness. The answer is always there. Wherever you find joy and aliveness, follow it. This is what life is about. Follow the stuff that brings you happiness and makes you smile. Learn who deserves a place at your table. Not everyone in your life will add value or be a positive influence. Whether it be family, friends or social media, understand the energy you want to be around and pay tribute to it. Always look for the lesson. Life can be messy and hard and trust this is exactly where you are meant to be. And finally, choose gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for. And when you are down, choose it, find it. Gratitude is life-changing. Daisy, I love you. I am proud of who you are becoming in the world. Please stay kind always, stay special. Remember who you are because that is more than enough and will always be enough. And anyone who gets to be in your life is better off for it. I love you, mummy. Wow. What an amazing letter to receive as anyone's daughter. And I feel like even if there are bits of that she can't understand fully now, I hope that she keeps it and she reads it when she's older. But what a gift. She's put it in like a special box in her bed. Good. And it is, it's a letter for life. I said to Adam, you know, if I drop down dead tomorrow, I'm good. I'm done. The kids are good. They know what I want for them. I was just thinking that in a horrible, (laughs) sick, sad way. Like if Nicole dies next week, then thank God Daisy's got that letter. She never needs to write another one. (laughs) And Lily Rose has got one and it's a, you know, it was a very similar, it's a very similar energy. Obviously there's differences in them um, and the things that I'm proud about her and the things that Lily Rose teaches me every day is to be louder and bolder and brighter and because she shines her light wherever she is and I just love that in her and I hope she always keeps that um and so that was kind of my letters just to pay tribute to the two women that are the most important in the world to me my daughters I think then that was the most important people you could possibly have written to because they are your everything and so when I read it to her I, I sat on the bed and I said I've got a gift for you and she goes, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Like all excited, like I'm about yeah. to give her a new lipstick or something. And I said, and I gave her a little crystal. I gave her a little crystal with it and I gave her a little candle. Yeah. Um, and and I read it to her. And Daisy is incredibly emotionally intelligent. And 
she has such an old soul. So she cried and we hugged and it was, it was really this picture perfect moment that you have as between a mother and daughter. And actually we've gotten on a lot better since we're being much nicer to each other and much more loving. Yeah, I'm sure. And so when we're getting scratchy again, maybe I'll just read the letter. <laughs> or, or take it back. <laughs> you can have it back when you deserve it. I think they're very lucky to have a mother like you who is so comfortable and able to be open about your love for them and your admiration for them. And I think I know they already will feel that deeply just because they live with you and you're raising them. But to ha- to have that confirmed in writing and to have all that wisdom from your mother I think is is a beautiful gift for both of them thank you and I also would like to add that I learned so much from that book I heart me and Mm. I I took a lot of that um wisdom of how I want to bring Mm. that you are enough into my children and how I'm now telling them every day I loved that book yeah. And if you haven't listened, go check out the episode with the author special David Hamilton because it really is a very special, very, very special talk. Right. Well, we're both a bit of like an emotional wreck now. <laughs> so, should we lighten the tone and tell everyone about our sisterhood circle? Yeah. I, I'm going to say that you you set up the sisterhood circle. You kind of ran the show here. So we're not going to talk about anyone else in the sisterhood circle. No. It's a bit like Fight Club, but there wasn't any fighting. Um, but I'll just say there were five women in the sisterhood circle. Nicole and I were two of them. And on the day you delivered me and the other women a beautiful pouch um, with some gifts inside, which actually made it feel like a really sort of special ceremonial thing it was really sweet of you so I just want to acknowledge that it was lovely thank you I I wanted to make it special and I wanted to make it sort of quite sumptuous and quite luxurious and like you were like it was a gift to all of us so um I got these pouches and in each pouch was a candle um a piece of sage a sage stick uh, an essential oil and a rose quartz crystal. And the candle mm. was, um, they all symbolize something. The candle was to symbolize to always shine your light and to always keep yourself illuminated. The rose quartz crystal was to it symbolize love and healing. Um, the essential oil mm. was to remind yourself to keep your senses awakened so that you can move towards where you want to in life and the sage stick was to keep yourself in positive energy and to take away any negativity in your life yeah so how how did you how did you feel from your perspective how did you feel it went and what did you get out of it I I loved it. I I do these things quite a lot online because I run these courses. And so I am often with a small group of women talking about how we feel. Uh, We took Selena's guide, Mm. didn't we? And I asked you all to think about certain things before we came on the call. And they were to uh, think about one thing you are celebrating about yourself, one thing you are currently challenged with and one intention that you want to mm-hmm. take away. And everyone did really think about it, didn't they? Yeah. Because everyone came to the call with very specific things that they yeah, wanted to they discuss. Did. Yeah. And so we went round the circle in um, 
and talked about each individual thing. I'm really curious to know how you found it because we haven't discussed this either and I didn't want to discuss it with you. No, we haven't and and I didn't either. But of course, as the days have gone on, more and more and more and more things have gone into my head that obviously I was desperate to talk yes. to you about, which I will after we do this recording, but I didn't want to talk to you about it until we'd done that. Um, I found it really interesting and I'm sure this is across the board that everybody had more trouble talking about things that they were proud about themselves for or things they were celebrating about themselves everyone was very like and 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 openly said oh, I feel really uncomfortable I feel like I'm boasting or I feel like I'm yeah. bigging myself up but no, no one had the trouble talking about a challenge you know everyone's comfortable voicing that but I found that really interesting that yes we we found it hard to say I'm really proud of myself because of X, Y, Z. Sad. I found that a bit sad, generally as women, that that we found that a challenge. Um, I think to start with, I felt quite reserved. I I felt like everyone felt a bit reserved. And then it did get easier because everyone kind of warmed up. And I think it was helpful that you took charge and that we had concrete things that we were talking about because it, it kept it in a structure which was helpful. Um, and I was surprised at how our challenges were all not that dissimilar. Mm. Actually, we all, we Wasn't all came to the table. Yeah. With not dissimilar things. Um, it was really nice to share, um, to share, be heard without agenda. <sighs> and we, you know, we didn't want to fix. I know I say this a lot when I'm talking to my couples about birth is that during labor, women complain or express emotions and men's instant reaction is to fix the labor by going to hospital or getting an epidural. And actually it doesn't need to be fixed. Women just need to say, I'm in pain. I'm tired. I'm cold. And <laughs> we need to understand and empathize. Yes, yes. And I felt like we, we did that. It wasn't that we didn't offer up solutions and suggestions to help, but we didn't, um, we didn't all rush in with a fix. Um, it felt very supportive. It felt yeah. like a supportive place to be. Um, and just a place where there was empathy and understanding and no one came with a hidden agenda. Um, so it was, as I said to you afterwards, a lot less awful than I had first thought. <laughs> which, I, which I said to you tongue in cheek, because actually I really, I did enjoy it. And it was, you know, it was two hours of good, authentic open conversation and I have done no zoom and nothing social by zoom since the pandemic started nothing at all so this was like a real first for me in that respect yeah, yeah. how did you find it because you've done it before so I don't know if it was a good one a bad one or... I'm very comfortable in these situations again I've not done a sister circle before but I've held many women's group coaching sessions so I'm very used to a holding yeah. the space for everybody and holding the agenda mm. um and also witnessing women um be vulnerable that's I think one of the most humbling things mm. to me and I'll never stop finding that so, such a privilege is to just witness a woman being open-hearted mm. Um, I think that's very special and very sacred. And that's what we all offered to one another in that sister circle. And there was no way that we were going to come away not feeling better and warm. And I went to sleep with a very, very full heart that night. Yeah. And we didn't all know each other. No. Nope. Um, so it wasn't like we were all the best of friends. We really weren't. Um, there was a woman on there I'd never met. And there was a woman on there that you'd never met. So yeah. 
the fact that we can all come that and that's the beauty of sisterhood and that's what this highlights and very much what Selena said in her interview that when women come together with an open heart magic happens it's just there's no other word for it, it to me it's magical and that was two hours of magic and I loved it yeah gosh what a big week we've had that's I know, how I feel I know me too should we summarize yes let's summarize tell me what worked for you this week all of it worked. I, I love sisterhood. Yeah. I consider myself part yeah. of the pack. Um, having it conscious in my mind all week was beautiful. Um, I, I like to think I always celebrate and support women. And so it wasn't a stretch in any way. It was just deeply, deeply heartfelt. And you? Yeah, everything, everything worked for me. Uh, it was a nice opportunity to do something new that, of course, you know, I was resistant towards, but <laughs> did and found myself gaining from, okay, you win again. <laughs> Woohoo! That's what uh, I ever wanted to <laughs> Curses. No, typical. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and nothing, nothing didn't work. Although I would say to you, um, I found it hard to be... Uh, you know, open, vulnerable. I found it hard recording this podcast today. I found that hard. What did you learn? I learned, it's like a relearning, back to that again, that sisterhood mm. lives so deep in my heart and soul and it lights mm. up every single part of my body and it will continue to do so. So when I am met with anything that is the opposite of sisterhood, that's why it disturbs my soul so heavily. Yeah, it 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 does. It gets you in a bad place. It does. And what I've did you learn? That. I've learned how much we all value our female friendships to the point where we seem to tolerate so much more from our friends than we would from any man, which I found really funny actually someone pointed that out and it's so, yes, so true yes. um, it's so I, true actually I felt like I felt like I learned a bit more about you this week as well um and I could see I could witness your skill for leading women and for helping women to have themselves heard or to hear themselves um I really think that most of the time we all know the solutions to all our problems, really internally. I think we know the right thing to do or what the answer is, but we don't want to say it or we can't say it. Um, yes, and yes. I think you have a talent for getting that out of women or for getting women to be able to voice things. So I, I think I learned that about you, you this week. Um, I don't think there was anything I learned about myself I didn't know before. I don't know if you learned anything about me that you didn't know before, but I did feel like I gained a fuller understanding. Just that you you really struggle to be vulnerable. And yeah, I do. And I and I think that when you do show vulnerability, it's it's very beautiful and it's very raw and it's very real and it's and it's an important part of you. Yeah, see, I'm uncomfortable just even with you saying that, but that's clearly something I need to work on for the I'm rest keep, of my I'm life. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt also I gained I gained a fuller understanding of the women in the circle who you did who you do know. I felt like I understood your dynamic and relationship with them 
more fully and that's given me greater insight into into you as well so that was interesting ah yes I would say that was the same actually I would say I learned that too I saw and I saw it with my own eyes also is it coming in the club oh I mean obvious uh, of course we don't even need to ask the question it is a sisterhood is the club (laughs) it's the heartbeat of the club isn't it yeah, it's the for heartbeat sure, of the for club. Sure. Absolutely. And just to reiterate that we would love to encourage you to um, take make a shout out to a woman that you admire or someone that has moved you in your life or a, a woman that you would like to write a letter to just acknowledge them in some small way if you do happen to do it on social media we would love to be tagged just so that we can share in the love and and see it with our yeah. own eyes thank you so much for tuning in this week it's been a it's been a bit of a show for us, I think. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch, you can email us at hello at theselfcareclub.co.uk or you can contact us on Instagram at selfcareclubpod. We will be back on Friday for our epilogue show. Look forward to speaking to you all then. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. The Motherkind Podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident and empowered in your motherhood, even in our world of pressure, judgment and comparison. I'm your host, Zoe Blasky, and every week I speak to an incredible expert to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, just search Motherkind. Kind.